welcome to episode 67 of Respawn Aim Fire. I am your host, Holden Departo, with my other host... Chad Michael Innes! Got a super exciting episode. We got a very Nintendo-centric episode. It just kind of happened to play out that way. We're gonna we talk know about you guys Nintendo. like that Nintendo. Uh, it's very true. Or anything that has Nintendo in the title of it gets the most views or listens easily. You just, We're gonna talk you just about slap it up. Nintendo consoles, all of them. What games are good on them? What games we'd like in order? We're gonna rank them. We're gonna rank all that Nintendo. But let's start with Nintendo and talk about how uh, their investors are unhappy and how Nintendo's approaching that. Oh, now this, this is. is a... an, I I'm looking through these notes that you made here, and I'm familiar with most of what with it, what this was, but I wasn't familiar with the the unhappy slant on it everything that i read was like pretty much indifferent but go over what you what you've got here no i mean it's nothing huge they're just unhappy with what the lineup is i mean last year they had zelda they had mario they had mario kart and they wanted big games like that this year and currently they they're not happy with pokemon and smash bros closing out the year i think that's absurd but that's basically what's been happening that's That's why their stock has been trickling (laughs) Lately. What was that? <laughs> That's absolutely absurd. You've got Pokemon yeah. and Smash Bros. Which, actually, I'd say are probably bigger franchises yes. and sell more copies than Mario and Zelda. Definitely Zelda. Zelda's not a... It's a big seller, but not in terms of Nintendo. It's not their biggest seller. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's kind of amazing. But the stock's been trickling downwards. It's not been the past few days, but since E3, it's been on a downward trend, minus the past three days. It's gone up a little bit, which is crazy to me. So Nintendo's responded back... Um, they've reiterated they're going to maintain their 20 million units sold goal because they think that the holiday with Pokemon and Smash will, and just the fact that it's the holiday season, will elevate their sales. Um, but they also think they have some unannounced 2018 games they haven't released yet. Good. And it seems to be a response to the investor issue. Do you think these are Nintendo first party games they're talking about? I don't know. I think it'd be very strange for them to say, oh, and by the way, Animal Crossing is coming out in a few months. That's what I was thinking, too. Or even, like, Pikmin 3. Or, I right? mean, they have... Pikmin 4. They've four, said that a Pikmin game has been finished for a long time now. Like, seriously, since before the Switch, they basically alluded that it's done. They're just waiting for the right time to release it. That sounds so dumb. It does. Well, also, like, Pikmin's not the kind of game you can just drop out of nowhere and people will go crazy. It's just not that kind of franchise. No, but to hold on to it for two years and release ARMS instead. <laughs> ARMS is great. <laughs> but I, don't, I just I find the whole thing to be very, very strange. I imagine it's going to be smaller titles. I don't, but I don't know. I really don't know. Huh. Um, they did say in terms of indies, they're going to release, they want to release 20 to 30 indie games oh, per God. week. Oh, God. I saw that number and I was like, what are you doing? What, what, what are you doing? Do you remember Sassy Gay Friend, that YouTube sensation? That's what I did in my head. No what are you what doing? Is. What, what, what are you doing? Look at your life. Look at your choices. <laughs> <laughs> the, the 20 to 30s, well, first of all, like right now, I think last week they released 18 new games uh, for Nindies, which is a lot. But if you release too many per week, they're going to drown. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's going to turn into a, a cesspool. They're going to drown yes, it in a cesspool. We're sticking with the, the, the pool, the water analogy. But this one's going to be sessy. <laughs> <laughs> But I just feel like if I like uh, like I kind of teasing a little bit here, but I started playing Hollow Knight, and it'd be a shame if Hollow Knight was drowned out by a bazillion other games coming out that same exact day. I just feel like good games will be lost. Yeah, I guess that's what they got to keep their Nintendo directs for to hire those Nindy directs to mm-hmm. 
to highlight, highlight some what's of them. good. But even though they're not highlighting enough to show off eight, you know, twenty to thirty games per week for the next few months, they don't show that many games. No, but I imagine event. nineteen of those games every week, nineteen to twenty nine of those games are going to be trash. That is also true. That's also a good point. There's no way you can release that many good indie games. Exactly. So they only need to release, like, highlight one or two a month, probably. I'd prefer they just do that. They're really picky about the indie games. Why are you drinking so much water right now? You know, I'm drinking a pineapple smoothie, and it's really good. Oh, that sounds good. I fucking love pineapple. Oh, it's so good. I, I keep thinking, I'll just have one more sip. And I will then... pay you $20 if you can fit a whole pineapple up your butt without any kind of protection. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you I wouldn't get money from that deal, even if I tried. So you wouldn't get. Let's money? not do oh, that. Man. All right, let's not do that. I'll pay yeah, you eighteen dollars so if you do it and fail. <laughs> let's get back to Nintendo. <laughs> so yeah, Nintendo investors aren't super happy with them because the release schedule. I think investors will kind of eat their words when Nintendo Switch sells a lot over the holiday, and Pokemon and Smash are probably going to be two of the best selling games over the holiday season. Yeah. Uh, there there seems to just right now be a little bit of a disconnect between investors and fans. Because, I mean, if you look at fan reactions and, and websites that are covering all of these things, it, it's looking good. We've got excitement yeah. over, like, 20 new Smash stages or all 80 Smash stages well, that we've seen so far. And Pokemon go, Let's Go and all the coverage, like, shit's looking up. Well, I think it was uh, Michael Pachter was talking about, he's a, an analyst. He was talking about how the Switch sales have been lower than they were at the same time last year. I'm like, okay, at the same time last year, Switch was a brand new console, so it was going to sell. And they were struggling to keep it on the shelves. Yeah, they were going to sell a ton more. It's not that same period right now. The beginning of the year doesn't have huge sales like that. It was an outlier last year because it was a brand new system at the time. So you really can't compare those those time frames. God, Michael Pachter, why does he even have a job? He's obviously terrible at it. No, he's actually a really smart guy. I know, I know. (laughs) But for people who don't know that he's a really good guy, just wanted to make that clear. He's a good guy. He ain't no bad guy. <laughs> so that is Nintendo's investor woes for right now. Let's jump into all the games we've been playing, which mm. is all the Nintendo Switch stuff this week. We've only played Nintendo Switch. That was not on purpose. It wasn't. It just kind of happened that way. But Chad played a game I'm very excited to hear his thoughts on. So I want to start with Chad this week. Okay, let's start with me. I played Holden's Little Love Child, Lumina's <laughs> Remastered. I went on a little binge and I bought a three game. Oh, I bought the uh, DLC for Donkey Kong, the Donkey Kong DLC for Mario Rabbids. I bought Lumina's Remastered, Remastered, and I bought Just Shapes and Beats. And I played uh, eight minutes of Lumina's Remastered while I was on a break at work. And I got through. I, I for that eight minutes, I got as far as I could, and then died, I guess. And. I was kind of into it, a little bit. Like I you was only not played it for eight minutes. That's it. That's all I played it the you entire week. You can't put so it far. on the playtime. You only put it for eight minutes. That's I just, lame. I wanted to mention that I have played it, and <laughs> from the eight minutes and the one playthrough, I didn't realize that it was like a you just play till you die, and that's the game. Yeah, yeah. Um, from all of, but are the songs in the same order every time too? So in the main campaign, yes. The main challenge okay. mode, yes. It's the same list every time. They're put in a certain order for the to build up the challenge. Okay. But you can also shuffle them once you unlock them. Gotcha. I won't, I won't go into like how the game works because Holden's done that like five times already. But I, I realized that it is much more like Tetris than I thought it would be. 
yeah. for some reason. And, you know, I'm just like a – Tetris is cool. I'll play it once at, like, a party, and I'm, it's, I'm not really into Tetris. I don't play Tetris that much either, honestly. No, no I don't. I like Luminous more because of the dance music aspect. Yeah. It's I've, more engaging. I feel like reason. if if I enjoyed just, like, getting stoned out of my mind and just sitting and staring at a screen while dance music plays and Tetris pieces fall, like, I feel I can totally understand how that would be, like, the It's actually much harder to play when you're inebriated. It's much better it? to play when you're, when you're sober, yeah. Because you have to think really fast if you want to get a good score. Well... Let's just say I didn't revisit it after that eight minutes because I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. I'll come back to that. Let me try out Just Shapes and Beats. And I fucking fell in fucking love. So I've been playing that nonstop ever since. So I I saw the trailer for it. It looked like a really trippy LSD trip version of uh, uh, Sound Shapes. Oh, man. It is so much different. It is. So they showed this off at the Nindies event back in like April or March or something like that. Yeah. and all it is, the, the core of the gameplay is you are a little blue square, and all the gameplay is is avoiding anything pink. And that's it? That's it. Okay, and, that's interesting. But each level th- that you play is like a, another like dance house, music, whatever, EDM, fucking mm-hmm. techno, whatever. A different song from a different artist, and there's a bunch of artists apparently that collaborated that I don't recognize at all because that's not my type of music. But the fucking gameplay. I'm gonna look this up right now because I might recognize some of it. Go ahead. Keep the going. gameplay is so brilliant. It, like the way that the the pink shit and <laughs> the way that the pink shit manifests itself, and the way that's married with the music is on another level. It is brilliant. What I freaking love. I, I just wish everyone, I don't know if there's a demo. Look it up and see if there's a demo. Because if anyone played one level of this thing, they would be like, oh my god, I need this right now. And this is the I most don't think there's a demo. I, went, I added this to my wish list as soon as you were raving about it, and I didn't see a demo option. It's fantastic. I think it's like 15 bucks. But I love it so much because, one, the levels themselves are addicting as hell. I've been smiling, and I'm having fun. Like, it's weird to think that, I don't know the last time I had, like, quote-unquote fun, like, enjoyment playing a game. There are games that are, like, challenging there are games that I'm invested in, like Detroit. But then this one, I was just like, every single, I'm smiling the whole game, and I'm having so much fun playing it. And even when I die or I'm in a tough part, I'm like, oh, God. Oh, I knew I could have avoided that if I did this, this, and this. So you're just moving around a screen, and you have a dash that lets you go a little bit faster. And that's it. But there's also an overworld between levels, similar to, like, Super Mario Bros. 3. And what's really awesome is that after you play, like, a couple of levels, the overworld itself kind of turns into a level as well. And you're navigating it, and there are obstacles to avoid as you move from level to level, and it pulses and beats with the music, and shit's happening, and there's just adorable characters, and things are happening, and I just want everyone in the world to play this game because it's so fucking great. And that's it. That's all I wanted to say about Just Shapes and Beats. So it sucks. It's terrible. It's, it it's honestly really bad. It's honestly, like, one of my favorite top five games I've played this year. Really interesting. Yeah. I think I might almost be done with the story mode, but apparently there's also a challenge mode that I haven't dipped into at all. There's a mode that, like, the the, the way that the music and the game, like, sync up so well, they've actually just turned that into, like, a, a party screen. So if you just want the visuals and the music going and you don't have to play it, you can have it on at a party and have that going on the TV and looking really fucking awesome. 
Well, I'm definitely going to play this because I really enjoy games that can mesh music, especially the music I like to listen to, Yeah. and gaming into a, a clever mashup. So this sounds like it's sort of my alley. I would like to check that out. Yep. It's on my wish list, but I'm too busy with games right now to play it. Tell me about the games you're busy with, Holden. What does Playtime with Holden look like? Tell me. Tell me, Holden. Interrupt me talking so that I can stop talking and you can tell me all about it. There's <laughs> no, a I'm laugh. Just keep going. Just keep, just keep begging for no, it. I'm dead now. <laughs> so I played two games this week. One of them is a demo. I'll start with the demo. I played the Octopath Traveler prologue demo, which lets you start with any of the main characters and you get to play the game for three hours before it just cuts out. And, and you then can that then carries over that. to the real one. Yeah, yeah you transfer over to the real game. And as soon as I beat the three-hour demo, I just went ahead and bought Octopath Traveler. Good. Yeah. It is excellent. I. It's really the art style that sold me on it. Uh, the gameplay yeah, it looks fucking is great. But yeah, like you see videos of, of this art style. For those who haven't seen it, it essentially looks like 2D pixel art, but almost like a pop-up book style. So it's kind of 3D-ish, if that makes any sense. Yep. It's unbelievably gorgeous from the lighting effects, just the way that characters moved, how good these environments look. Looks good in the trailers. Looks even better when you're playing this on a TV or on the Switch handheld itself. Just looks unbelievable in action. Really, really gorgeous. And there seems to be, just from what I played, a really open sense to the game from the very beginning. I mean, you can start with any of the eight characters immediately. And basically you're... Sort of the main character that you have, kind of completing their story. Each character has their own self-contained story. I don't know if they mesh together or not yet. Reviews haven't really come out yet to say that they all kind of combine together or not. But you can ignore certain characters. You don't have to talk to any of them if you don't want to. You can just kind of keep your four and stick with those four. You can go by yourself if you want to. You can go to any one of the um, characters in any order you want to. So you don't have to pick them up in a certain order. It just seems like it's really open to how you want to play this game. And even when I was playing it, the demo, there were certain areas that cut me off to going, but I got the sense that I could kind of go in any direction I wanted to from the outset of getting past my character's initial chapter one story. That's cool. I was very impressed by by that. And that's and really weird like to see in like a JRPG. The open nature to it? Yeah, I mean, maybe, again, like I didn't play the full game, so maybe it won't be quite as open as I thought. With the game's longer than three hours? Yeah, the game's going to be a lot longer than three hours from what I hear. But what it does that I like a lot is in combat, what what you can kind of do is you'll see next to each enemy a little box or a series of boxes that tell you what they're weak, what they're weak against. And you unlock what that is by just trying different things out on them and hitting them with either a sword or a spear or a magic ability, whether that's fire or thunder. And then if you hit them with thunder and they're weak to thunder, that box will then reveal itself saying thunder. So next time you see that enemy, you kind of know what to do. Nice. That's a cool little tactic. What you can also do too is each time you attack an enemy, you build up what's called a break meter. There's like five little dots, and you can build up to five different breaks. And a break just lets you attack repeatedly in one turn. So if you have one break built up, you can attack your regular and then your break attack. So if you oh, build up five that's of those, just like uh, Bravely Default. It's made of the same people who made Bravely Default. So. Oh. Um, so you can build up to five of them, and then you can attack with five six times, I believe in a row so there's kind of some strategy too of building those up when do you want to use them it it was it, it was a really good game i was very impressed with it like i said i bought it immediately so clearly i liked it nice and you're not and even I'm, a huge fan of jrpgs 
I mean, I've played Final Fantasy three in my DS. I really liked that a lot. Um, I played Crisis Core on PSP. I don't have like a huge experience with JRPGs, but I don't hate them necessarily. I enjoy them. Depending, I just it's a rare occurrence for me to get into one. I'll say, um, but I'm playing another game right now. That is, so you have a top five favorite game of the year you've been playing. Yeah, I also have a top five favorite game of the year I'm playing this week. What is it? It is Hollow Knight. Uh, have you we talked Go about Hollow Knight on. at all in this podcast? I don't think we. I have. don't think so. This so, is another one that was high. Well, it was highlighted in the Nindies event, or maybe E3, one of the two. It was E3. It was a um, they had at least released it as a shadow launch at E3, or maybe they announced it. No, they they announced it without a release date at the Nindies, Nindies event, and they gave it the release date of the day of E3 at gotcha. E3. So Hollow Knight, the best way I've found to describe it is it is a combination of Metroidvania-style gameplay and like a Soulsborne-style gameplay. So it's very combat-focused, but it's also very platform-focused like a Metroidvania game. And just like a Metroidvania game, you are fighting bosses and then unlocking different abilities to help you progress further in the game or get to new areas Go in the game. On. The Dark Souls elements come into play where you have little benches you sit at, which is kind of where you save. And if you die, you go back to that bench again. And the combat's also very much of reading the enemy's movements and figuring out what you have to do to respond. The overall atmosphere is also very Dark Souls. It has this very oppressive, yet cute. It's weird. It has this common combination of cute yet oppressive feeling where... Oh, good. It's a very interesting art style. You feel like you're like delving an adorable Hitler. <laughs> you feel like you're delving deeper and deeper into this world and you want to see more of it. Kind of like how like when you get to new area in Dark Souls, there's that excitement of, oh my god, it's somewhere new. I can't wait to see what types of enemies are here. Um trying to find a bench or a, in that case um a bonfire to rest at. In this game, you're just trying to find that next bench to to rest at. But the combat is so good. The art style is fantastic. It's all hand-drawn animations. Every area has totally unique enemies. And every area just feels very different as well. It doesn't hold your hand. There's never anything telling you where to go. You just have to figure it out all on your own. And it's long. Like I am, I want to say, 15 hours into the game already. And I don't get the impression I'm very far at all. Dang. It's a very long game, but I've enjoyed every second of it. It is incredible, and I'm already in love with the game, and then I found out it's made by three people, and that really blew me away because it really feels like a high-quality, totally polished experience. That's awesome. I super recommend it. It's a fantastic game. From what I've played of it so far, the boss battles are enjoyable. Exploring is very enjoyable. It's good stuff. What's the name of the studio? Uh, what is the name of the studio, Chad? Let's see. Let me open I'm up. I'm looking it switch. up right now. Hollow Knight is a Metroidvania game by Australian company Team Cherry. Team Cherry, yes. Came out on Windows February 2017. Uh, what else have they done, Team Cherry? I don't know, but this was a Kickstarter game, so I think this might have been their first game. Yeah, maybe. So start off as a Kickstarter project. It did very well. And all the DLC they've released is free. So, by the way, the Switch version comes with three DLC packs for free. And then there's a fourth one coming out at some point this year called Gods and Glory. And that's also going to be free. Oh, 
So lots of free Coolio stuff there. So that's what I've been playing this week. Hollow Knight, Octopath Traveler, Chad played Luminous, and Just Shapes and Beats. Mostly Just Shapes and Beats. Mostly, Mostly shapes Just beats. Just Shapes, Shapes and Beats. Beats. Ha. Chad, what happened this week? What happened this week? Wait. Yeah, let's jump into our quest log. Shit, wait. Okay, I was like, is there something I'm supposed to say to this? I'm not prepared. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, yeah, let's take a look into our quest log. So, our fest quest... Fetch... You remember Fez from that 70s show? Our fetch quests <laughs> uh, start off with the fact that Dead Island 2, they swear up and down, is still in development. Yeah, so there was a tweet of, their, of a mobile game they're releasing, and someone commented and said, hey, so what about Dead Island 2? And the developer, the official Dead Island account tweeted back and just said, we're still working on it. Yep. That's it. It's supposed to come out in spring 2015, so it's been very delayed at this point. Yeah, it has been delayed at least three years and probably not coming out anytime in the next year, if we haven't no, heard anything no. really about it. Was this was this Dead Island 2, was this the one where at this E3 event, it was debuted maybe at Microsoft, and it was the guy running on the street listening to music and the yep. zombies and shit behind him? That was This is the same game? This is the same game, and that's all they've shown of it. They've shown nothing else. Oh my god. Yeah, I honestly forgot about it completely to be. Me too. I completely yeah. forgot about it. Yeah. In fact, but actually, still coming. I thought it already came out. No, I didn't come out. I just didn't care enough. To, <laughs> just did, did not care. <laughs> did you ever play Dead Island or no, any of the I other didn't. ones? I, I people have Island liked one. those games. Uh, Dead Island 1, and this makes sense because the developer, is very similar to Dying Light. Yeah. Oh, well, the same developer. the gameplay, so. yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, in further news, Darksiders 3 has gotten a release date. It's coming November 27th, 2018. Ooh. This is announced during the World Cup. They held out on E3 to wait for the World Cup. And it's going to come with two editions. The Collector's Edition for $150 and the Apocalypse Edition for $400. And a third edition that is just the game for $59. Yeah, of course, yeah. Um, there's... Four hundred dollars. What's in that apocalypse edition? Tell me. I, tell know, me actually, what kind of crack cocaine is in I that. I didn't write that down. Actually, I don't know why I didn't write that down. Um, there's a picture on the Instant Paper article that has all the items it comes with. Um, while you're while looking that up, though, they are also have both of the original games one and two on sale on PlayStation right now. Up until the seventeenth. Oh yeah, for of like July. a couple of dollars. Yeah. So if you're interested at all in Darksiders and haven't played Darksiders one or two yet. It's very easy to get into them, so. Oh, my God. The Apocalypse Edition comes with, like, four different figurines. There's, oh, the figurines of all the different people. There's Fury, War, Death, and Volgrim, and they're all, like, 10-inch figurines. Interesting. As well as a steelbook and an art book and the game. It comes with a game that's kind of rare, actually, nowadays. And an amulet that's two inches. A two-inch amulet? A big amulet. And a wall Whoa. scroll. And a wall scroll? Okay, and a premium 120 centimeter box. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. What else do we got, Chad? That's all that's in the collector's edition. That's all that's in there? That's oh, sorry, all the dollars I would have wanted more. The collector's edition has a Fury figurine that's 11 inches, an Ooh. official soundtrack, a game, a steelbook, and a premium box. No centimeters on this box, though. I need to know the centimeters before I put any money and down on that. And an art book. 
Alrighty. Well, do you know what we're not going to get more of, Chad? What are we not going to get any more of? We're not going to get any more of WWE 2K 2019 on Switch because it's not coming to Switch. Probably because it went so poorly last time. Yeah, so basically it went so badly last time. I think IGN gave it a 3.8 out of 10. It went so badly, they just decided not to try again. (laughs) So, oops. Mm -hmm. So, what's the quote they had? Yeah, they, so they're focused on making the best possible experience for WWE 2K fans. So basically, they just don't think they can do that on Switch is what it sounds yeah. like. Yep. Well, Ooh. Not that I actually would ever buy that game. Boo, you whore. Well, I'm going to talk about the next one that I know <laughs> things about. Uh, <laughs> this one, Spooter Scooter. If you have a Switch, this is your time to shine. Warframe is coming to Switch. No release date yet, but it is uh, being ported by Panic Button, who's the same person who did same studio that did doom on switch wolfenstein on switch and brought rocket league to switch so obviously they do good work um i think i'll probably finally play it whenever it comes to switch which means we're gonna have to delay that that us talking about it sorry spooter scooter actually he's not even listening right now because he said he's at camp that's right yep that's right so yeah i'll try it out for free why not and our final little fetch quest before we get to the big stories of the week uh, is that Runbow Deluxe Edition is coming to physical stores on August 14th, and that includes all the DLC in the box. I know I've asked you this before oh. on this podcast, and I'm pretty sure the answer was yes. This is, Runbow is Bit Trip Runner, right? Or is it something? What is Runbow? No, um, Runbow is not the same thing. Runner 3 is Bit Trip Run, I think. That's what I asked you last time. The yeah. fuck is Runbo? Rumbo? Oh, Rumbo is an 3DS indie game on game. Switch. It's playable. I thought in 2D you bought this. Didn't, you, didn't I get a text message from you saying you bought this game? No, I've never heard of this game before in my life. Oh, okay. <laughs> I pretty much included it because I thought you had just bought it and had something to say it about it. It was on Wii U and 3DS. Ooh. And Xbox One. And Wii U. You already mentioned it. And Wii U. U. And, and 3DS. <laughs> Yeah, I have no idea what the fuck that is, but thanks for putting it in there. Yeah, no problem. I thought you would know <laughs> what it was. Nope. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, guess what else happened? There's Stuff. a pretty interesting little fact that came out about Uncharted now that Nathan Drake's story is all wrapped up. Uh, that whole time across five games, anytime Nathan Drake was being shot at and the screen started to go gray and with the red, he's not actually getting hit by bullets. That's actually an indicator of his luck running out. Yeah, Weird. I actually thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, I, I kind of like that. I don't know why they didn't let anyone know that until after yeah. all the games were done. I mean, because I just assumed the dude's getting shot a bunch and he's a bullet. No, sponge. absolutely. It felt like, oh, I got shot by a bullet. I now I'm getting damage done to me. But no, your luck is running out. But I love that because it's supposed to be like Indiana Jones style kind of movie. Yeah, and in a movie, the hero has so much luck and never getting shot by all them Nazis. Yep. That's kind of those are kind of cool little things that, like I wish we could hear more about the inner workings of the game and philosophies behind it, like stuff that the developers know and they have mm-hmm. as part of their pitch for the game, but they don't actually ever release to the public. I I don't know of anything around around that centering Uncharted, but there's a really good YouTube channel called No Clip by Danny Dwyer, yeah. who was on Gamespot, and he just does basically documentaries on behind the scenes of making games and stuff like that so if you actually if you are interested in that kind of stuff bookmarked forever yeah no there are some really good ones he just did one on fallout 76 actually uh i mean why they decided to do online and it's like a 40 minute little documentary talking about it It, he makes really good content you should check it out 
But you don't watch videos on YouTube that are longer than three seconds. So. You're right, but I used to listen to them a lot on Kind of Funny Games Daily. So your mom. Boom. Boom, um, Shaka Khan. We also had the people at Dual Shockers. They did a demo of Metro Exodus and had some impressions of it. They basically said that in the sample, they didn't get too much to do with the crafting system or the kind of new open world hubs um, of each level just coming a little open world area or a little open environment. They didn't get too much feel for that because it's kind of a self-contained demo experience. But they said yeah. that it is the best looking Metro has ever looked. And when you're playing this on like PS4 Pro or Xbox One X, they said it's going to look unbelievably good. They were pretty blown away by the graphics of it. And I think that it kind of felt like the best in the series. It felt polished enough where it kind of worked out some of the kinks from the earlier entries. I'm, I'm still actually... I'm less sold on this than I was before, actually. I am... I'm sold mostly on this game just to spite you. Because really? you don't just think I'll me? like it. Because you don't think I'll like it, which I makes me say, like well, it. fuck you. I'm going to like it even more now. <laughs> it looks so similar to the first two games, and you hated the first game. I hated the first game. It was you not hated it. fun. But I'm determined to like this one, whether I like it or not. I think you're a fool for liking... Or being excited about this game, I really do. I just, I, it doesn't make any sense to me. I need to be so contrarian. That's my okay, nature. Fine. fine, 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 fine. Holden, if you own an Xbox, you don't. I do. Xbox July update is out, and it brings that fast start feature that nobody quite understood at E3. Uh, <laughs> and the groups feature uh, that allows you to... So fast start uses AI and machine learning to determine the most important files and download them first. A limited number of games will use this. More will come later. But, like, they pitched it as part of Game Pass. I don't quite know. Anyway. Groups allows you to pin together multiple items on your home screen. So if you, like, have a collection of games that you want to all be under one thing. Kind of like a folder on your phone's home screen. Mm -hmm. You can do that with groups now. little quality of life updates there. Very, very nice. I think Fast Start's a big deal, though. I wonder how much... Uh, now that I'm thinking about this a little bit more since E3, I wonder how much Fast Start is going to help them with streaming games by knowing what files are going to be important for what situations, what given context. Uh, that could help with gaming streaming, possibly. I don't I don't know. Maybe. Anyway. Because you'd still need those, like, because you're downloading the files as opposed to streaming them. It so. could still help, Chad. Holden, do you even still know? Help. No, I don't know anything. Nice. Yeah. Well, I don't know anything more about any news stories because that was our last news story. Quite. Oh, what are we summer. doing? Are we doing something wrong? We're only thirty minutes into the show. No, it's just there's just not a lot to talk about this week. It's a slower week. Oh man, y'all, you know what that means. This always happens in summer. In summer, it always gets quieter. In summer, that was the snowman song in uh, Frozen. Oh, that stupid movie. Ugh. That movie's so fucking good. <laughs> well, we still have our whole main quest ahead of us, Chad. Main quest. And you know what we are doing this time, guys? We are ranking the Nintendo consoles, the home consoles, to let you know if you've never bought any of them and you have a choice for some reason which ones you should buy <laughs> and in what order. It is kind of stupid. I don't know if I should get an NES or a Switch. I can't, I can't <laughs> Girl, decide. you get yourself a game. Actually, what's funny is you actually do have that choice. If you go to a store, you can buy an NES you Classic do. or a Switch. I so did. That was a, stupid me, but you get the point. Yes. You get the point. So, okay, so we're going to go through each console chronologically, kind of talk about sales numbers, best games on it, our experiences, how great they are, how fucking rad they are. And then at the end, we'll be like, okay, based on all that info, what the hell goes first? 
<laughs> so, the first console to come out, of course, was the Nintendo Entertainment System, otherwise known as the NES. It sold no 61. One. No one calls it the NES. Units. I call it the if NES. If you call it the NES, you're a fucking asshole. Then I'm a fucking asshole because I call it the NES. Because you call the Super Nintendo the SNES. No one calls it a SNES. I call it the SNES. It's either the Super Nintendo or the SNES. I call it the SNES. Just you to, are just a to fucking piss you off. asshole. <laughs> just to piss I you off. I like Metro Exodus so much. <laughs> <laughs> so here are the top 10 selling games of the NES era. Wait a minute. Did you say how many it sold? Yeah, 61.91 million units. You don't have release dates for any of these things. No, I don't. Sorry. I'm Hold sorry. Man, I, I thought you up. were so good. You got 90,000 <laughs> pieces of information, but you were missing nine. So <laughs> so here are the top selling games of the NES era. I, nope. <laughs> Super Mario Bros. number one. Number two is Duck Hunt. That surprised me a lot. Number three, Super Mario Bros. three. Number four, Super Mario Bros. two. People like Super Mario Bros. on the NES. Dude, fucking great. Number five was The Legend of Zelda. Six was Tetris. Seven, Dr. Mario. Eight, Zelda 2, Adventure of Link. Number nine, Excitebite. Excite, Excitebike. <laughs> and I don't know what I just said there. And then number 10 is everyone's favorite game, golf. Golf. Just golf. You had mentioned that, yeah, people love Super Mario Bros. And that's why it's the first three of the first four top selling games. Uh, by the way, it came out in 1983 uh, in Japan, Famicom, mm-hmm. uh, and then it released in 1985 in the EU, 1986 in America, it looks like. I don't know. I'm only reading like little bits that it's showing me on Google, and I don't feel like clicking more. But what was really revolutionary about the NES and what people went crazy over Super Mario Bros. for is because it was the the idea of having that home arcade like, you play Mario Bros. in the arcade, and then suddenly, oh my god, I can play this at home? I can play this on my TV, the same thing that I'm playing in the arcade? And people went fucking nuts for it. So that was the big thing. That was the number one selling thing on that console, because people went crazy for that arcade experience at home. And also because fucking Mario's great. It's splendid. What C- I love C- about... C- you, this is... What are you doing? Are you shuffling cards? No, I'm getting the, the dates for all the other consoles we are talking. It sounds like you're shuffling cards while you're no, doing No, I'm it's it's hot and I'm sticky. <laughs> no, that's your skin? No, it's sticky to <laughs> this piece of plastic I'm, as I'm typing. Oh, okay. I'm like a calendar that's wrapped in plastic on the desk I'm using. <laughs> Sorry. Oh. Um, I didn't think you could hear it. I'm like, what is that? What is he talking about? Oh, yep. that's what he's talking about. <laughs> Wait, is this, this was before you got into gaming, right? You never had an NES? I never had an NES. Matter of fact, actually, I really dislike the NES era. I totally get why people enjoy it because for a lot of people, that's how they started playing video games. But for me, I'll, we'll talk about this when we get to the SNES or the SNES, just to piss you off, Chad. No. A lot of the games, a lot of these franchises uh, that Nintendo, you know, that makes Nintendo Nintendo, they started in the SNES era. Super Mario World is a better example of what Mario has become in the future than well, Super yeah, Mario that, Bros. That, 1 that, and 2. Say that, say that, say that. Oh, I'm just saying. Oh, I'm talking more about Super Mario Bros. 1 and 2. They're not indicative of what Mario turned into. They just started it. That's all. Right. And I appreciate it for that. We wouldn't have had everything else we're talking about or going to be talking about without the NES. But I just don't think the games hold up. A lot of them are hard, not because they're hard, but because 
in Zelda, as an example, you can't do a sideward uh, or a diagonal strike. You can only, you know, use your sword in the direction you're facing, which is limiting and then makes it hard. Not because the game design was actually hard, although right. it was. It just there's technical limitations that made the games harder than they actually should have been. And right. I don't know why that always bothers me when I play those games. Well, it, it definitely has to do with the time period. Like, at the time... Of course, it's like, all time oh period. Oh, my it's God, not this that... is fucking incredible. This is in my oh, house. absolutely. At the time, they were amazing games. I don't. I know that and understand that. It's just hard to go back and play them, that's all. Yeah. What I, this was the first console that I grew up on. Uh, this, some of my earliest memories ever are playing Gauntlet 2 with my parents and my brother. Um, so I, I have an affinity for it. But what I love about the NES era in particular is all of the different crazy peripherals and things that they tried with this game. Like, mm-hmm. the the four-player adapter. Like, you could play four players on NES, which was crazy back then. They had the mat that you could use for the Olympic field game to, like, you're running on this mat, and then you could jump and land again and run and run and run and run, and it controls your character on the screen. They had Rob the Robot. They had the Power Glove. They had the gun for Duck Hunt. Like... They tried so many fucking crazy things on this console, and I think that, obviously, the spirit sticks with them as they redesign every console and make everything really weird, which we'll get to as we go from Wii onward. But I love that this NES really was the kind of birth of all of that crazy ideas and just throwing shit out there as weird as it might be. Also worth noting on NES is that it was so popular and developers were and publishers were trying to get so many games out there that NES actually that Nintendo had to put a limit on the number of games you were allowed to publish per year. Mm-hmm. So like Konami created multiple fake names of itself so that it could publish more titles. So was, some of it was under Konami, some of it was under like a pen name, some of it was under a different pen name so that they could publish more titles on the NES. Well, the reason it was a big deal is the Atari had crashed because there were so many just terrible games coming out for it. And Nintendo's able to sell the Nintendo Entertainment System on the fact that the game's going to be good quality. They had the Nintendo official seal of approval. Yep. So that was the, what that was all about. Correction, by the way, as well. Um, NES came out in 1983 in Japan, came out in 85 in America. That's exactly what I said. Oh, I only heard 1983 earlier, so I apologize then. Nope. I read three dates. You wrote three dates? Okay. Sorry. Bye. 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 All right. Um, some notable games that we didn't mention. Uh, Metroid started off on NES as well. Dragon Quest started off on NES. And Final Fantasy started off on NES. A lot of popular franchises. All, yeah. All of these amazing franchises that are still around today. Like, gaming today is all the same exact shit we were playing mm-hmm. 30 years ago. CCC. C. Any cool. final thoughts on NES before we move on? Let's move on to the SNES, the Super SNES. Nintendo. So this came out in 1991. It sold 49.1 million units, and its top-selling games are as follows. Number one, Super Mario World. Number mm. two, Super Mario All-Stars, which is yeah. basically Mario 1, 2, and 3. Number and three Lost is, Levels. In Lost Levels. Number three is Donkey Kong Country. Number four is Super Mario Kart. Number five is Street Fighter Two: The World Warrior. Number two, Donkey Kong Country Two: Diddy Kong's Quest. I like that because it's a con quest. It's Diddy's Boom. conquest. Number seven is The Legend of Zelda: A Link to the Past. 
fantastic game. Number eight, Super Mario World 2, Yoshi's Island. Number nine, Street Fighter 2 Turbo, Hyper Fighting. And number 10, Donkey Kong Country 3, Dixie Kong's Double Trouble. This is where shit gets good. I think this is what you were trying to say earlier, where these franchises were established on the NES and these characters were developed, but it was really on the Super Nintendo where they refined they found their them soul. and and really made them what they are. So they, they're yeah. like, hey, let's The soul of these franchises began in SNES, I think. Yeah, for for a lot of them, absolutely. I mean, the the formula for Metroid was on SNES. The formula for Zelda was on SNES. Yep. I, arguably, the formula for Mario could have been in Super Mario Bros. 3 on the NES, but I yeah. really feel like people think of Super Mario World when they think of what started the 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 real, like, meat of the Mario franchise, what people think of Mario today. But there's also just so many good experimentations and weird stuff. Like we talked about Super Mario RPG. Uh, oh, on a, yeah. On a barf. Like, yes. that, that it was a really odd, weird experiment. It happened on SNES. You had a, just a boatload of incredible JRPGs. If you're a JRPG fan, I think SNES is probably the best console for old-school RPG games. Yep. I mean, you have Final Fantasies 3 through 6. You have Chrono Trigger. I mean, Super Mario RPG to go back to that again. You have Secrets of Mana. You have, uh, they had Breath of Fire. Breath, Breath of Fire. Fire, I haven't one heard of that two. one. You haven't heard of Breath of Fire before? No, I haven't. That was a big one. Uh, there's also, um, Lufia was a big one back then, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to be really, my brother and I used to play a lot of JRPGs on SNES emulators when I was a kid. Um, yeah, so much shit started on SNES, and it was, it was fantastic for the games, and they are the ones that, like, the art style in that 16-bit era is it's just so gorgeous that it still holds up today no matter what that's why you can plug your super nintendo your snes classic you can plug it into the tv and still have a great ass time with it well we we were playing we actually we've had a few snes games actually for barf so far and if you look at games like earthbound you look at games like super metroid and they feel like games that could be released as an indie game nowadays yeah they have that same kind of just pixelation, pixelated art style that just still holds up, still can create atmosphere. Like there's so much atmosphere in Super Metroid for a game that has pretty significant limitations in terms of what it can do visually and with sound. Yep. But the soundtrack of Super Metroid is still heralded as a classic, as is the game itself. I think it's. I think the Super SNES is the one of the best consoles ever made. Yeah, easily, and it had the fucking super scope on it. The super scope. The, what the super hell is scope. That? It was the Nintendo peripheral that was a bazooka that you hold on your your shoulder, <laughs> and the game is your Mario on the back of Yoshi, and you're shooting shit on the screen. It's like a super light gun game. That's I don't remember funny. the name of the game, but it was fucking fun as shit. I used to love that super scope. Never really worked very well. <laughs> <laughs> SNES, man. Good shit. Good shit. God, Let's go now I want to go play my classic. I'm going to quit right now. You do the rest of the podcast. I'm going to go play my SNES no. classic. All no. right. Next up, we have the Nintendo 64. N64. Run us through it, Chad. All right. Released in 1996. God, I can even remember the Christmas when we got this under the tree, and I fucking lost my shit. We all did. 
Um, total sales, $32.93 million. I actually expected that to be a little bit higher. Oh, no. PS, uh, PS1 dominated. What's interesting, and we'll actually see this trend continue here in a minute, is that uh, these numbers, the sales numbers, will decrease every single generation until we get to Wii. Yeah. Top By about 10 million games. units each time. Yeah. Top-selling games, Super Mario 64. Maybe something to do with the fact that it was one of only two games you could play at launch. <laughs> Mario Kart 64, GoldenEye 007, The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, Super Smash Bros., Pokemon Stadium, Donkey Kong 64, Diddy Kong Racing, Star Fox 64, and Banjo-Kazooie. Yeah, you know, N64 is actually one of the generations I have the least experience with. I played Ocarina of Time. I didn't play Super Mario 64 until it was on DS. I played maybe 10 minutes of Mario Kart 64. I played a lot of GoldenEye just because you go to a friend's house and that's what you did back then. Yeah. And I played maybe a handful of rounds in Super Smash Bros. I don't have much experience with the N64 at all. This was the one that I feel like is the like pinnacle of my childhood gaming experience. I mentioned, you know, like playing some stuff with my family as a kid on NES. My brother and I used to play JRPGs on SNES. But then we get to the N64, and this is where I was finally old enough. My younger sister was old enough. My brother's into it, and even my older sister to a point where we used all four controller ports. We were playing Perfect Dark. We were playing Tetrisphere. We were playing Mario Kart. And, like, this was what we did as a family. And even friends coming over after school and coming in and playing Pokemon Stadium or Pokemon Snap, shit like that, Diddy Kong mm-hmm. Racing. This this was my co-op split screen co-op like my my group of friends and family like this is what my gaming experience was as a kid. Now it, mostly it's like solo stuff, just me with my PlayStation, all that kind of stuff nowadays. But yeah. when I think back on my childhood, it's N sixty four. That's exactly what my childhood is made up of. See, I'll have the same on the next one we talk about, but. For me, I kind of feel the opposite of the N sixty four. Is that yeah, Ocarina of Time was a was a great game that still holds true to me. To, um, still is true today, but it's also I think of every single console we're going to talk about, I think it's going to hold up the least well. Absolutely, that and it's not anything fault of the N sixty four. It's just that three D graphics were so primitive that and there was so much experimentation with how three D games work. That I think this generation doesn't stand out beyond just being that transitional period between 2D and 3D. Yep. Like, Zelda Ocarina of Time is an ugly game. Mario 64 is an ugly game. The remake on 3DS. The remake isn't ugly. The remake looks better because it's updated with graphics. But, like, Goldeneye, come on. That game does look terrible nowadays. It's tough to go back to those, definitely. It's very tough to go back to those games. Which is why I think it's very hard for us to... I mean, I honestly, with all the leaks, I think it's going to happen, but I think it's very hard to see an N64 classic happening. I wouldn't buy one. I probably still would. You probably still would. I, I say I won't, but I, again, I was a yeah. good chance. I, I mean, I just too. bought the NES classic, and looking at the games, I'm like, I might play Mario Bros. 3. Oh, That's did you it. buy an NES classic? Good I did, yeah. Congratulations, Chad. Thanks! Um, let's jump into GameCube next. All right, tell me all about this GameCube. GameCube was awesome, but it's also one of the worst-selling Nintendo consoles. It sold 21 million units, so it's numbered. It's mm. worst. Uh, it's. I was gonna say, what's the opposite of bested? It's not worsted, but you know what I mean. 
The only thing that's worse is the the Wii U in terms of sales. GameCube yeah. is very low on Nintendo's rankings there, but it was a great console. It had its top 10 games uh, in terms of sales were Super Smash Bros. Melee, Mar- Mario Kart Double Dash, Super Mario Sunshine, Luigi's Mansion, Animal Crossing, Legend of Zelda Wind Waker, Metroid Prime, which I think this is the dumbest name for a game ever, Sonic Adventure 2 Battle. That's a dub name. Paper Mario, The Thousand Year Door, and Mario Party 4. Those are the top well, 10 games. There was Sonic Adventure 2 which introduced Shadow, and that was, like, the typical adventure. And then there was Sonic Adventure 2 Battle, which was, like, more of a competitive game. Yeah, that was the better-selling one, apparently. This was the uh, the first Nintendo console in that lineage that I didn't own. You didn't I have a GameCube? Didn't have a GameCube, no. We went from N64, and then by the time the next generation came out, it was, like, basically me and my brother, and we saw a commercial for Halo. Oh. And we got an Xbox instead. Yeah. Well, GameCube was great. I mean, I feel like you missed out by having a console that has a handle. <laughs> you really missed out. That was a big deal. No, just the, the games were so good on GameCube. It was also the last time that Nintendo was in parity with other uh, hardware manufacturers in terms of power. Yeah. I mean, the the GameCube was more powerful than a PS2. Yeah. It came out a year after, but it was more powerful than a PS2. That hasn't happened in a, since... So that's pretty crazy. There's just so many good franchises on there. Like, going through that top ten list was, like, crazy for me. I mean, Super Smash Bros. Melee, I remember playing that with my friends all the time. I actually didn't play Mario Kart Double Dash, oddly enough. But I played the crap out of Super Mario Sunshine. I played the crap out of Legend of Zelda Wind Waker and Twilight Princess when that came uh, eventually to uh, GameCube. But Metroid Prime, holy shit, man, that game was incredible at the time. Like, that was the first game I ever got with my GameCube. And it's the only game I had for a while. So I really spent a lot of time with Metroid Prime. Back I did in the GameCube. buy that GameCube game. I bought Metroid Prime and played the GameCube disc on my Wii with a GameCube mm-hmm. controller. Oh, I man, freaking loved that one. That so, so, so good. Three. But again, like, that was a time where that game was doing things technologically that we hadn't seen before. And it's having a Nintendo console. Like, that's just, oh, it was awesome. It was a really cool era to be a Nintendo fan. It's a shame it didn't do well enough. But because they had that the power they were able to get exclusive games like resident evil 4 at the time it was exclusive but obviously we know how that worked out it's on everything nowadays it's on more consoles than skyrim at this point but that game you started know, on on game you know what uh what what really we've kind of missed a couple of hardware things along the way but thinking about gamecube and how this used to interface with the two what i love is that you could there were always expansions or things like you could do with it with nintendo consoles Mm-hmm. Like, even on GameCube, you could play Game Boy games on them or have some kind of interactivity with your Game oh, yeah. Boy Color and things like that. There was the... Uh, on the N64, first of all, I, I thought this was... Like, thinking back on it, it's kind of weird that they leave a giant gap in the front of your Nintendo 64 for an expansion pack in case later down the road they decide they want to release an expansion pack for you to play Donkey Kong 64 or Majora's Mask. And then there's a gap on the back of the controller for them to release the Rumble Pack and introduce Rumble into controllers. Like the a lot of these interesting choices that they're making in like pioneering new technology. Obviously, they've always with the D-pad, the shoulder buttons, the Rumble Pack, like all of that kind of stuff, pioneering this technology. But I love how unafraid they are of peripherals, even if some of them do fail and are miserable. Mm-hmm. But 
GameCube didn't have too many of those. I mean, like Rumble Pack was built right in. There wasn't a power extension. The only one I can think of is the Game Boy Advance adapter yeah. for the GameCube. But that that speaking of controller for a second, I mean that controller has persisted longer than any other controller I can think of. They're still releasing a new one for Smash Bros. this year. It's crazy just because that one game. Yeah, that's that insane. So crazy that one game can create an entire demand for a brand new, for like a, a an entire controller. That's I guess almost, that's like arcade fight sticks for Street Fighter. No, and shit like that seriously, too, but... it absolutely is. But it's seriously, it's almost a twenty year old controller at this point. Yeah, it's almost twenty years old. Oh my god. Yeah. Holden, we're almost dead. We're so old. <laughs> Three more consoles left, and this is easily the biggest of the Nintendo consoles, is the Nintendo Wii. Yeah. It sold 101.63 million copies. Here are its top-selling games. Wii Sports, because it was bundled with every single Wii sold, so that makes sense. Mario Kart Wii, Wii Sports Resort, New Super Mario Bros. Wii, Wii Play, Wii Fit, Wii Fit Plus, <laughs> Super Smash Bros. Brawl, Super Mario Galaxy, and Wii Party. This shit was a revolution. It was revolution. Unintended, because its code yeah. name was also Revolution. Yes. But That's right, it was. This game, this console was, obviously it was sold out like crazy for over a year being able to find it. So when my parents were able to get one mm-hmm. for that first Christmas, it was insane. But if you had a Wii, you were instantly the talk of the town. Like when I went to college my freshman year, uh, that was 2007. So I had a Wii at that point, which was over a year after it came out. And we got there and me and my roommate, they would like, people would come to our room and be like, Hey, I heard you guys have a Wii. Are you, or like we would meet people on campus and be like, hey, what's up? I'm Mike. I went by Mike at the time. They're like, I'm Mike. I'm like, oh my God, you're Mike. Like from Mike and Chris with the Wii? You guys have the Wii? <laughs> really? And people would go crazy. Yeah. It was like That's that. Insane. People were like, can we come to your room and play it? No one was ever it Wii seen Sports it. was the draw. What was the game? They wanted it was. To play. It was Wii Sports. And then eventually really? it became Guitar Hero. Yeah. Yeah. Wii Sports. People were just like, you can bowl with this thing. And they did the bowling and the tennis. Like it was that, like. It brought people in from everywhere, people who had, didn't give a shit about video games before, which is why it sold so much. Every grandma wanted one in their room for everyone to play bowling with. Mm-hmm. And that's why Wii Sports is also the highest selling game, and obviously because it came with everything, but it's also a but lot the of the Wii times Sports the Resort only game people owned. number three, and that wasn't included with a Wii at all, ever. But that was included with Wii Motion Plus. Yeah. Which added that extra. But it was still a separate, control. that means a lot of people bought Wii Motion Plus to play Wii Sports Resort. Yep. That's insane. That's or bought Wii Sports Resort because it came with Wii Motion Plus. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, that thing, like nothing else before it, like got people crazy about having a video game console. Everyone wanted one, which is why it was impossible to find for over a year. Yeah. It was also, there was a downside to this as well, though, and that was the increased popularity of this game centering around motion controls meant that a lot of third-party developers were finally supporting Nintendo in big ways, but only with kind of crap, you know, shovelware titles to take advantage of Wii hype. Yeah. So there's also a lot of really shitty games as a result of that. Yep. So that, that sh- the shovelware, I feel like I never really heard that term until Wii. <laughs> I feel like that was coined with the Wii generation, shovelware. Um, no, it wasn't. But I but, know what you mean. Um. Damn it, I lo- oh, this was also, as you mentioned, the first generation where 
Nintendo chose to go the underperformance route in favor mm-hmm. of attracting that blue ocean strategy with yeah, something like, more accessible. It was not more much more powerful than the GameCube. Yep. And it obviously paid off financially oh, as they sold over 100 million units, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. But it did lose a lot of third-party support, and they struggled with that. Well, they got it. They got the party support in the Wii era. They just didn't. There were so many crappy games out that people weren't buying those. So we'll talk about what that means for the Wii U and all that. But there are some good games that weren't on that top ten list, by the way. Metroid Prime Three Corruption, Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword, Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess were some good games on there. Super Mario Galaxy Two is not in the top ten, which is surprising. A lot of just Wii branded games in the top ten. Yeah, a lot of it is because of the peripherals. Like we mentioned, yeah. Wii Sports came with it. Wii Sports Resort came with the Wii Motion Plus. Wii Play was the cheapest way to get a Wii remote because it was the same price as one and it came with the game. Mm-hmm. Wii Fit Wii came fit, with the balance board. The balance board, yep. Good stuff. Also, Mario su- Kart Wii was awesome. That was so oh, much yeah. fun. That was. Playing and of course, with everyone controls. had to buy the plastic shell to put yep. your thing in. Yep. But it was so great. Oh man, and there was another there's a whole other peripheral market out there for people who are like, Oh, you're gonna play tennis on your Wii? Well we put a plastic tennis racket on your Wii remote. Or put your Wii remote <laughs> into this plastic bowling ball. It's very it... it's very early lame augmented reality. Yep. Or even like things like uh Guitar Hero and Rock Band, rather than selling you a guitar that connected to your Wii, they sold you a plastic shell and you put your Wii remote in the guitar. Yo, I remember that, yeah. So yeah, they were peripherals like crazy. A crazy asshole. Tons of them. And they were all compatible with the next console, the infamous Wii U, which came out in 2012. Oh, man. Wii U sold 13.56 million units. Woo! Woo, good stuff there. So the top-selling games, top 10, Mario Kart 8, Super Mario 3D World, New Super Mario Bros. U, Super Smash Bros. for Wii U, Nintendo Land, which was bundled with uh, Wii U, Splatoon, Super Mario Maker, New Super Luigi U, The Legend of Zelda, Wind Waker HD, and Mario Party 10. So Nintendo Land was bundled with Wii U? At there first. Were... Oh, at first, okay. Yeah. I was going to say, there are four games that outsold it? <laughs> four games people that just sold bought... over 100% attack Yeah, rate. people just bought Super Mario 3D World just to have it. <laughs> they didn't need a console. They just wanted the box. Nice. You know so... what's surprising about that list? What? When I think back about, like, what kind of ports do I want from Wii U to Switch, in my mind I'm like, well, dang, we've almost got all of them. But then I look at this list and I was like, oh, no, we only have two on that list. Uh, yes, Mario Kart 8 and what? Splatoon. No, Splatoon 2 is oh, a new Splatoon game. Oh, Splatoon 2 is even a new game. Yeah, so we yeah, have one game. port. Yeah, no, I want a port of uh, New Super Mario... Uh, sorry, Super Mario um, 3D World. I want that. And I want Wind Waker HD as well as Twilight Princess HD on the Wii U. Uh, to From the Wii U to come to Switch. That's so crazy. I want it. I want it, Super I want Mario it, I want Maker it. Oh, we don't two, have yet. Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze also was... Not on the top ten list, but it's a notable game that, that was ported over. Um, yeah. See, here's my thing with the Wii U. The hardware for the Wii U sucked. <laughs> it just Oh, did. that gamepad was atrocious. It was atrocious. I think it's been oft compared to a Fisher-Price toy. And it, <laughs> when you hear that, it really does fit. But there were some really, really good games in there. I mean, Mario Kart 8 
is the same one they have on Switch, and it's an amazing Mario Kart game. It's the best Mario Kart game, I think. Super Mario 3D World was a great combination of old-school 2D Mario games and 3D Mario games. It's basically just Mario 3D Land, but on consoles and bigger scale. Great game. Super Smash Bros. for Wii U, awesome. It didn't get that kind of um, negative spin that Brawl got. Splatoon, great franchise they introduced. And the the remakes of uh, Wind Waker and Twilight Princess were fantastic. I guess you can count Breath of the Wild for Wii U, but really it's for Switch. No, that's more of a Wii U game. No, it's a Switch game. No, we'll keep... This is just a boring baby game. I'm just <laughs> kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, it's terrible hardware, really awesome software. Like, of the franchises that got a release on Wii U... They were some of the best games for that franchise. Super Mario 3D World is such a good Mario game, but not many people know about it. Yeah, unfortunately, I've I've shame. played almost none of these games. And they really need to bring them to Switch because I think they're really all fantastic games. I think this is honestly the best top ten list that we have. Really? Of all these, some of these, yeah. There are some really amazing games on here. Of games that I would still play to this day and super enjoy. And that would put down money for it again? Yeah, absolutely. The Wii one was mostly Wii-branded games. Yeah. GameCube, I think, is next to the Wii U's lineup. I don't know, man, but that... Anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that more here in a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought Wii U was a great system that was underrated um, by just... Or was uh, un, under-served uh, by really poor hardware. Yeah. So... But then... And then they come out and do something like Switch. And totally redeem themselves! <laughs> Switch came out, obviously, last year, 2017. As of March of this year, it has sold 17.79 million units. I am sure they have well surpassed that at this point. Thus far, the top 10 selling games... And I don't think this is the most accurate list, but it's the only one I could find... Uh, Super Mario Odyssey, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, Breath of the Wild, Splatoon, 1-2 Switch, ARMS, Xenoblade Chronicles 2, Kirby Star Allies, Pokemon Terminate DX, and Super Bomberman R. I don't know. That that sounds kind of accurate to me. But Super Bomberman R is the one that really throws it off for me. That's a weird game to have in a top 10 for to- all Switch games sold. That was one of the, like, when it launched, that was one of the titles people were talking about. Really? I remember not a lot of great things being said about that game, but... Oh, it doesn't mean that it wasn't one people were talking about. <laughs> yeah. How much I mean, 1-2 spend... Switch was terrible, but it's number five. And <laughs> a lot of people bad, bought it. <laughs> such a bad game. I just remember when I, was working, when I was working at GameStop, someone bought a Switch just so they could play 1-2 Switch. I remember thinking in my head, oh my god, they wasted their money. I feel so bad for them. <laughs> <laughs> that was your job to steer them away from it. And they didn't listen no, to me. No, it wasn't. It was your job to get them to pre-order something else. It's true, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how much do you want to talk about Switch? Because I feel like we talk about it all the time. And people basically get it. We great talk system. About it all the time. It's great. They came back. They're fucking wonderful. Some of the best games of each franchise is Just on Shapes Switch. and Beats. Hollow Knight. Luminous. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mario Zelda. Those games, too. Yeah. Mario Odyssey. Fuck yeah. Oh, yeah. Switch, and your favorite great. game, Breath of the Wild. Oh! so we've gone through all of the nintendo systems we're gonna rank them in order what our personal order is 
I'd say we start from the bottom. Yeah, start it from the bottom, then we're here. And so do you want to go through each of our lists all at once, or do you want to go back and forth per item on the list? I'd say let's uh, let's come to a consensus about what number seven is. Oh, so I have Wii U as my number seven. Oh, you actually wrote a list. Okay. Yeah, I did. Well, uh, yeah, I think I would agree with you. Wii U is number seven. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate because there's some good games, but the hardware just was weak. They were missing a lot of big franchises like Metroid yeah. and Animal Crossing. I mean, Breath of the Wild came at the very, very end, at the point literally where their new system was already out. So it just didn't really have a lot of the big franchises. Although what was there was good. It's still number seven. So we can agree with that. I think we're going to totally disagree number six. Number six. Like, looking back on it, as far as... I, I'm I'm torn as to, like... The Wii was amazing console, and like the outreach that it had, and the the number of units that it sold, and the what it did for gaming for regular rando people, but also like technologically, it wasn't that great of a console. But like, I'm torn on that. So like, shit. I don't think the Wii is that low. I actually have the Wii ranked higher than that. Do you? I have as my number six the NES. I think it's the games that hold up the least. I'm kind of waffling between, yeah, NES and Wii. I I think that Wii, although it's, again, it's not uh, my favorite console, I think that it did some good things. Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to agree with you on NES then at, at rank number six. Yeah, I, I thought that's going to be a hard sell, so I'm glad we actually agreed to that. Um, so my number uh, five, I want to list that as the N64, only because it's the generation... Being the, it's the traditional 3D generation that the games were good, but they were served better on other consoles in the future. And you don't need to have an N64 to really play any of the good games from that era, I feel. Like, you can get Ocarina of Time, you can get Majora's Mask separately, you can get Mario 64 on the DS if you really wanted to. Um, no one cares about Star Fox, no one cares about <laughs> those other games. Know, that's not man. true. Because that's also, like, when you talk to people, especially people our age the number one console they have nostalgia for is the N64. And they're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all because of things like GoldenEye and Super Mario Kart and things like that. Like, Yeah, but I feel like with every other console that Nintendo has listed, N64 is the one people would actually go back to the least. The games are... The games hold up the least out of all the other consoles. Is that the argument, though? Are we deciding, like, which one should you play today? Or is it which one was the best? I mean, that's how I'm ranking it. That's okay. how I'm looking at it. At least with the N64, that's how I'm looking at it. Damn it. But what's your, what's your one? What, what would you rather have put there? I mean, we, you haven't said what uh, you want there yet. I would, I would probably put either Wii or GameCube there at number five. <laughs> We're going to have a hard time. <laughs> GameCube does not deserve to be number five. That is an amazing console. That, unfortunately, is just because I just had no experience with it. You are a fool, Chad. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, so here's the thing. I had had Wii as number four, so I'm willing to put Wii number five. All right, done. Wii number five, GameCube number four. No, GameCube is not number four. Uh, yep, yep, yep. No, GameCube okay. is not <laughs> number number four is N sixty four because there's a four yeah, I can, in the title. I can I can I can settle there. Okay, cool. So the ones we have left now, we have the Switch left, the SNES left, and the GameCube left. So for number three, I'm saying Switch. Ooh. 
expound. It's too early. It's it's only been out a little over a year. It's doing amazing, but it's too early. I think it's proven to be a really strong system, and it could be the number one. Who knows one day? But I think right now, it's too early to tell. We don't have a full library of games yet for the Switch to really say. But we have so many interesting things that it's already doing. That, like with with the the indies and the control mechanism, like all the different ways you have to play. The fact that it's revolutionary, where you can dock it and play it on your TV, undock it, play it on the go, play it with the Joy Cons off, play it in the handheld. Like I think that okay, is okay. So, so here here's a way to look at it, right? If we were a year and a half into the Wii, I think we'd be saying the same exact thing. And what's the one thing we don't do with the Wii, um, with games anymore? The Wii did. Motion controls, just like the Wii did. We still have motion controls, but it's not the main way to play a game like it was on the Wii at the beginning. That changed over time. Yeah, but how many people have you seen at waiting in line, at a restaurant, on the bus, sitting there playing side-by-side side with somebody with Joy-Cons? Never. We, we did, it did it ourselves once. in Chipotle. We did it. Were you there at the Michigan Avenue Apple Store launch with me? No. No, that was someone else. There were tons of people in line doing it there. We do it every time we go and wait for a movie. When we were going to PlayStation Experience at the AMC Theater, I, I do remember there being a lot of people in line playing Mario Kart and stuff. Yeah. Like, that's something I never thought I would see either. That's that's true. But again, I mean, you were you could say the same thing with the Wii. Like, whoever thought that we were going to be bowling and boxing with the actual controllers and how nuts is that? And that's how true. often do you see that nowadays? It's that's very true. rare. But then like what's we, your defense for GameCube? We had a defense for GameCube? The GameCube is my number one. It's it's the best mm-hmm. Nintendo console, period. It has an incredible lineup of games. It was the last time besides Switch. Or does that it have the runner up? Really of strong favorite. third party support. What was that? Or does it have the runner like no one loves Super Mario Sunshine over everything else? No oh, one Super loves... Mario Sunshine is so good. Nobody, nobody agrees with you. <laughs> I I will concede that not many people agree with me that Super Mario Sunshine is a great. You no, know, people agree it's a great Mario game. They just don't think it's the best Mario game. I don't think it's the best Mario game, but it's has two of the best Zelda games on there. It has the best Metroid game on See, there. See, everyone has, hated Wind Waker before they remade it in HD. No, that's not true. People Everyone hated Wind Waker. took a dump on that game. And they hated it one it because of the out, art style. Before it came out, yes, but when it was released, that story changed. No, even a the lot. even the reviews and things like that after it came out. Oh come on, Chad! Oh, no, they did not. It was a big old hot piece of shut junk. up, shut up! You're so lying. <laughs> nope, no, nope, I'm gonna look it up right now. But my my argument is GameCube, <laughs> like it's. Chad, it when has I feel a handle. Like it, it has a handle, has a number handle. one. You're, you're fucking right. When I think of GameCube, <laughs> I think of, like, it had good experiences, but it is, like, nothing quite lived up to either how hyped people were for the N64 versions of things when they came out, like Mario 64 versus Mario Sunshine, or how things ended up being better. Like, okay, I here's, guess I'm here's no, actually, I'm glad, right you, I'm glad you brought that up. I'm glad you brought that up, because here's a way to look at it, right? Yeah. N64 is NES, right? They both transitioned. NES went to Super NES, and then N64 went to GameCube. GameCube is the SNES of 3D games. It's the second generation of the 2D 
experience that we saw the SNES, but it's polished up, it's better, it's got better graphics, got better sound, all that stuff. Same thing with GameCube. Everything you're saying about N64 and how we always wanted to see those games come over to 3D, yeah. then they polished it and figured it out and made it better with GameCube. You've got a point there. I do got a point there. You can't, you can't touch this, Chad. You can't touch this. So that means that Switch is number three. Okay, Switch is totally number three. I, SNES I and will, GameCube are. Better, I will agree I with Switch at number three if we make GameCube number two. Ooh, you're killing me here, but okay. Because I think we both can agree, Super Nintendo's fantastic. Yes. So. I have the full list in front of me right now. So the order then of what we think are the best Nintendo no, this consoles. No, is, this is factually Guinness Book of World Records shit. This is this not is what we factual think. factual Guinness Book of World Records. <laughs> Number seven, the worst Nintendo console is the Wii U. Number six is NES. Number five is the Wii. Number four is the N64. Number three is the Switch. Number two is the GameCube. And that leaves the Super Nintendo as what we think is the best Nintendo console. You know, I actually feel really good about that list. I think it's a really good list, yeah. That turned out very well. For those of you who are screaming, but what about the Game Boy? Don't worry. We'll do another one of these later in the future that does handhelds. Um, what about the Virtual Boy? Fuck you. <laughs> did you ever get to play a Virtual Boy? I did. I did, actually. Me too. Just like my experience with Platoon, I played it once at a Best Buy kiosk. <laughs> 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 no, I actually went to a friend's house growing up who who bought a Virtual Boy, and he he legit had one with Wario Land on it, and it was nice. pretty awful. That's that's the game I played at the Best Buy kiosk was Wario Land. Oh, was it really interesting? Yeah. So that's our list. If you agree with it or disagree with it, tweet at us, email us, let us know. That will count towards your participation. For our participation trophy. Ooh. Want to explain Ooh. the participation trophy for people yeah. who didn't Let's tune move in into last our week? weekly forum. So for our weekly forum, uh, we this is where we connect with our community, talk about shit. You send us questions. We answer them. We talk about the poll that we put out, which, ooh, I forgot to look at the results of. Uh, and most recently, we've introduced the participation trophy, which is a way for you to win free money towards the gaming service of your choice. So... Every single week for a month, you get the chance to enter into a raffle three different ways, one t- one time per way. You can refer a friend, tell them about how much you love us, they tweet us and say, hey, blah, 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 so-and-so, and turn me on to you guys, you're pretty great. Boom, you both get an entry for that week. You can review us on a favorite podcast service, send us a screenshot of it, boom, you get a point. Play along with us by sending us a subscriber interrogative, you tell us your thoughts on our barf, uh, <laughs> if no one's listened to this podcast before, that probably sounds really weird. Uh, or send us some fan art, entry, whatever it is. Comment with us. Play along with the episode. Be part of our community. Boom, you get a point. Boom. Um, and and BARF stands get... for Backlog Accomplishments with Respawn and Friends for people That's who right. know that. So together, we're all playing Resident Evil, the first one. Boom. This month that we'll talk about at the end of the month. At the end of the month with our BARF episode, we will announce randomly at random whoever won the raffle right now not fezzed which is what he just changed his twitter handle to is the only person in the running thanks to his play along part so uh yeah let us know your thoughts on our list be entered into our participation trophy next up on the weekly forum y'all we put out a poll and normally we put them out on mondays last couple of weeks have been weird and i haven't been doing it because forgetting is a thing that happens when you get ancient like i am uh, we put out a poll 
And the poll was, which Pokemon region is best? We had four options. Kanto, Johto, Butho, and Thought. Which stands for that hoe over there. Holden, which one do you think won? I know which one won, so I can't oh, say. Oh, damn it. Well, you're right. It's Kanto. <laughs> Kanto won with half of the votes. Johto, which is your favorite series of Pokemon, got 0% of the vote. Yeah, I still would have voted for Kanto, though, because I like gold and silver because I can also go to Kanto. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, Butho came in second <laughs> with 38%. Of course it did. And Thought came in last with 12% of the vote. God, I'm so funny. <laughs> Butho. I was like, Kanto, Johto, Butho. Definitely. Uh, that was our poll. If you have a suggestion very, very for cool. a poll for next Monday, let me know. You'll get a point towards your participation award. Nice, nice. And then what do we have left? There's a, a subscriber interrogative, but oh, let's yes. let's hold it. It's just it's my question. It's not really a subscriber, so let's hold that actually off till next week because it's kind of related okay. to Hollow Knight, and then I'll have Hollow Knight probably finished by next week. So okay, we'll save it cool. for then. So that's that's it. Well, that wraps up our episode. That actually went the normal amount of time. Thank you, yeah. Main Quest, for making that a little bit longer. Boom. Everyone... And we made that list by the way of the top Nintendo game uh, systems without fighting. How uh, impressive are yeah, we? Yeah, you're right, because we don't fight on this podcast. We don't fight on this podcast. I think I called you, you an idiot and a fool a few times, but we don't fight. Uh, I think I called you an asshole, or an idiot asshole, or something like that. I don't hear things against me that are incorrect, so I didn't hear that. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. We also have a rule in our household that if you call someone a C-word, they're only a C-word if they can hear it. Like, if they're <laughs> able to hear the word, like, oh, I must be a C-word because I heard the word C, the C-word. Wow, that was a lot of the word C word. That's hope a lot of the word C that. word. I'm just thinking about the boat that they got in Arrested Development called the Very C good. word. Very good. Very good. That's it for this week's episode. Reach out to us on all of the favorite programs. Check out our pin tweet for another thorough rep- uh, rundown of our participation award. Uh, until next week. Toodaloo. Have a great week. Go play Just Shapes and Beats. Bye.